You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. After the video, get out of here.
I sure do appreciate the service of those who have served in our military as the kids are dismissed. And, um, you know, of course, this weekend, tomorrow is a day to remember those that didn't come back. So we always want to remember those. And with Memorial Day in mind, I want to preach on the thought of blood-bought freedom. Blood-bought freedom. And you've heard it said, but it doesn't change the fact that freedom, uh, freedom isn't free. Freedom costs something. And quite frankly, freedom costs blood. Uh, in, in fact, in the Bible, God's people are told repeatedly that we are to remember. God sets up memorial after memorial in the Word of God. So this weekend, we remember those who paid the ultimate price in their service to our country. Over a million Americans have given their lives, gaining and preserving our freedom, as well as protecting and liberating those in other nations. The reason that we have the country that we have today, and I love our country, don't you? And, uh, and I don't like the direction that some are trying to take it, and I'll say, maybe say more about that in just a moment, but the reason that we have the country that we have today, from the Revolutionary War uh, all the way down to this very day, American soldiers have been flat out putting the beat down on all comers. They have stood, they have fought, I mean, I'm talking about throat punching, smack down, giving that work to all takers. There's not a greater fighting military force in all the world than the U.S. military. And I honor those soldiers today. They have stood in the face of tyranny, communism, fascism. And yes, we, knows that those, we know that those same enemies are trying and are gaining a foothold in our country. Same with uh, tyranny, communism, fascism. There's people that, that are in elected office today that are proponents of those things. However, because of the price uh, of the American soldier and those specifically that we're honoring today that gave their lives, uh, we still are able to fight back against the tyranny, communism that we see that tries to rear its head. The cost of our country, folks, what has been paid for our country, the freedom that we have today, 
from uh, for, to everyone here today, to the younger generation on up, folks, it was there's way too great a cost for us to have this freedom given to us. And folks, we must never forget it. We must always remember the price that it takes because it's far too valuable just to lay it down. We observe this day so that we may never forget the biblical principles on when this, which this country was founded and the price that it takes to maintain it. Um, and I'll just throw this in here. And, and, and this, I believe, is a biblical concept. The Bible says as Christians we're to be salt and light. Uh, as, as, as Christians, we have certain things that I believe that we have a responsibility toward. And because of the blood that people shed, because of people laying down their life, folks, we have the opportunity to, to have a vote and a voice in who represents us. And you say, well, I don't know if it works. I'm not sure if my voice matters. Folks, I wish you could know and, and see that the small number of people, number one, that vote, period, but how small of a margin people often win by. And how, uh, and, and you, you say, well, it doesn't matter. Well, I, and I'm going to try to get these numbers right, but in my, in my original home state of North Carolina, you know, uh, you know, a couple million voters, I can't remember, quite a few folks. But among those today, uh, there was a, a vote for the, uh, the, the fellow that would be the, the chief justice on the Supreme Court of North Carolina. And... Uh, he ended up winning by only 400 votes. And that don't sound like, maybe that sounds like a lot, but it's really not all that much. And therefore, uh, was able to allow churches, have, have uh, a voice in churches since he's a believer, have a, vo a voice and believes in the Constitution in churches, been able to get started again in North Carolina when they were shut down and, you know, keeping everything else open, but trying to keep ch churches shut down. So you say it, it does matter to us as Christians, just a few votes. But folks, uh, I believe as God's people that we ought to vote. And I'm not telling you who to vote for or how to vote, but what I'm telling you is the opportunity and the freedom to be able to vote has been given to us by men who lay down their lives. And I believe as responsible people and stewards of that which God has given us that we ought to be active in the voting process, getting a voice who represents us, getting a vote in state amendments and so forth. Uh, I believe that, uh, and, you, and I believe from the smallest levels on up, it being salt and light, I believe that there's Christians that, that ought to be on city councils, school boards, county commission, and just right on up the line. Uh, that's one of the great ways that we can make a difference uh, in this country. See, for many people, Memorial Day has become simply a kickoff to the summer season, right? I mean, that's, that's how we see it oftentimes, barbecues, picnics, outdoor activities, Matter of fact, Congress purposely moved it to Monday so that it would make a long holiday weekend. Now, that's good for business, and it's good for industry and things of that nature, but I'm afraid that sometimes we forget what Memorial Day is really all about. Our national observance of Memorial Day dates back to 1868 when General John A. Logan named May 30th as a special day to honor the graves of Union soldiers. General Logan's order was that uh, that day was, and here's what he said, it was designated for the purpose of strewing with flowers or otherwise decorating the graves of comrades who have died in the defense of their country during the late rebellion. And so there's some of you that will remember Memorial Day being called Decoration Day. Anybody remember that? I bet there's some folks that remember it called Decoration Day because you'd decorate and you'd remember those who gave their lives. And, and I'm, glad that, I'm glad that each of you have joined us for this special service today in remembrance of those who have given their lives for the sake of others, for the sake of their country. I also hope that you'll consider taking part in other civil celebrations that will be taking place tomorrow. If you live here in Elk Point or just right close, uh, in the morning I'll be up at 1030. My family and I will be attending a, uh, a, a memorial service right here at the cemetery in Elk Point. I'll be praying uh, during the ceremony. And, uh, and I would encourage you to find, find something like that. Get your kids around it. You know, and, and, and what God would say is he'd say, I want you to make this memorial. And I want you to have this remembrance so that when your kids see you remembering this, they'll say, what's that about? My mom, I, my mom's with the Lord now, but my mom was a patriot. 
And I learned a lot from my mom. I learned a lot from my aunt. And I would, I would ask, well, what's all that flag waving about? And what's all this excitement getting together as a family and going voting about? What is that all about? And, and they would tell me. And that's one of the reasons that we have memorials. And so consider taking part of those. I, I'd love for our young people, I, I can just still see my mom, you know, maybe going to, uh, maybe it's a July 4th type of deal or whatever, a parade. And I can just still see the tears coming down her eyes uh, of pride and thinking about those in our family that have served. And, and again, as a kid, I'm like, what does that mean? What does that mean? And it, it, it matters. It transfers on to the next generation. Because they need to learn our history. They need to learn the sacrifices that have, have been made for the freedoms that they enjoy. Uh, and all too often take for granted. The future of any nation demands that its citizens have a sense of history and their place in it. And folks, if there's ever been something that the last generation or two has been robbed of as far as just standard education goes is history is an accurate representation of history. Uh, people are trying to teach a non-offensive history. Well, folks, history is history. Right. What happened is what happened. And that's what you need to learn. But you need to also learn it from both sides, right? And we need to see without propaganda and just see that God is in our history. And we can look at the mistakes of our history. It's there. Uh, America's not been a perfect country by any means uh, or by any stretch of the imagination. But what's made a difference is the, God, is the founding on godly principles that has always kind of been a tether that's held us together. And so uh, I think it's important that we learn history and that our young folks learn history. And I, but I believe that with the failure to remember and honor the sacrifices of those who have gone before us will of necessity lead to a failure to preserve the, the, the very things for which they died. It's, it's not just young people, but it's all of us. But a lot of times we can th think about it as the younger generation. Man, we want independence and we want our freedom. Well, if you want it, you better understand the cost of it. Because there's a lot of folks that are trying to take that away. And, and the interesting thing is, there's a lot of people that are offering liberty and freedom when in all reality it's, it's, it's just bondage described as, or, or uh, uh, desi designed, what am I talking, what's the word I'm looking for? Disguised. disguised as liberty. And so today we need to understand the greatness of, of, of what this freedom costs. Blood is the price of freedom. This is a blood-bought freedom that we have today. And so it's important to set aside a time to remember the sacrifices that have been made for us uh, as also as a part of our worship of God. Now, we, we know, folks, think about this. You, you think voting and stuff doesn't matter? Think about the people that would have this right here shut down entirely. There are literally elected officials today that would have this right here shut down. Because I can get up here and preach what thus saith the Lord without fear or favor of man. I mean, we're going out live right now. I mean, you know, on, on YouTube and Facebook. Guess what? You know why that is? It's not because there's not people elected that are fighting against that and trying to shut it down. It's because there's others that are fighting for us. So, before you think this it, it maybe isn't a proper message, I want you to understand that. I want you to understand that we set aside time and, and we see what God has done. We see the providential hand of God. Because if you study our, uh, if you study our history, you'll find out, folks, that this nation, again, was founded on the principles of God Almighty. And so, we honor those who gave their lives. I, uh, and, and there's just one after another. We're talking about a million, you know. But I, I, I think about some of the key moments. I, uh, yesterday we were watching, uh, you know, just some of, the, some of the old footage that's played of Midway. And how key the battle of Midway was uh, in our country. I mean, it, it's right after Pearl Harbor. I mean, uh, so much of our fleet had been decimated. And we were going against, and, and the Lord worked that thing out. But I was watching one of the, some of the first ones to actually engage the Japanese fleet that day. As they, they, they set out from all of our carriers, our, 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 our uh, squadrons and, and, and planes did. Uh, but they all kind of ended up going a little bit separate ways. And the, the squadron that found the Japanese fleet was a torpedo squadron. 
But the thing about a torpedo squadron, and I'm not telling, some of y'all know about this, uh, but, but a torpedo squadron, those planes fly real slow and real low. And so a torpedo squadron, squadron would always have fighter planes accompanying them to help keep off the Zeros, uh, you know, the, the, other, the, the Japanese planes. And then in addition to that, they would have dive bombers. If they had it going the way they wanted, they would have dive, really fast dive bombers going down at the carriers and ships. But the thing was, this squadron had got separated, so all it was was these slow, low torpedo bombers. That's all it was. That was the first ones to engage. So what did they do? Because they, here's the thing. They've got a, they've got a, a decision to make. Okay, we found them. Do we wait? Or because they're probably done spotted as slow as they're flying anyway, but or do we engage? Now, here's the problem with engaging. Engaging means they're probably all going to, the odds of them surviving are next to none. And so, but sure enough, what did they do? Without hesitation, uh, that torpedo squadron just, bam, here we go. We're going after the Japanese. We're willingly giving our lives because we know there's a greater cause. And they were the first ones to engage that Japanese fleet and to lose their lives. So we honor those who died. And, and uh, we, we honor, I think about sometimes, you, if you know, you can get really in depth. I'll tell you right now, and some of you have, have served in active duty and you've been in combat. Some of you have lost uh, people that you knew uh, in the service that we're honoring today. But, you know, I'm telling you, the truth of the matter is, some of these guys that are going out there giving their lives, their, their first thought when they're in that foxhole is not, God bless America, <laughs> you know, and I'm going to, uh, a lot of times, but you know what it still is? A lot of times it is, by golly, uh, these guys are trying to kill me and my buddies. And somebody's going to have to step up here. I remember the first time I heard about a grenade being thrown in to a foxhole. And a man diving and laying on that grenade just with no question, no, no thoughts, no hesitation. He saw a grenade. He dove on that grenade. Why? Because if he didn't, all of his friends in that area were going to probably be killed. So he went in there to absorb that grenade. I remember the first time I read about that, and it still blows my mind. Don't misunderstand me. But what blows my mind even more is that is such a common story. That happened on a regular basis. You say, why? You say, and again, they're not thinking right there, ooh, I want them to be able to have church Sunday, so I'm going to dive on this grenade. It is, no, I'm preserving the life of these men that I'm fighting with, these brothers that I'm fighting with. And there's still an example there because the verse that we will be looking at here in just a moment is what the Bible says in John 15, 13, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. So we honor those, understanding that they gave their lives. I, I, you know what? We honor those who were drafted. We, we, all the people we're honoring today are not all people that just said, line me up, I want to go fight Hitler, or I want to go fight communism, or I want to go to Iraq, or, or, or whatever it is. Not everybody that we're honoring today is that person. Some of these people were drafted. And you know what? For those that were drafted and perished, we honor them just the same. We honor them just the same. And not only that, we talk about the heroic, uh, you know, romanticized stories, but I think it's worth pointing out that 45% of military deaths have been from something other than direct battle action. Things such as training accidents, equipment failure, weather conditions, disease, inadequate medical care, uh, friendly fire, all of these things. But folks, those who have died from such things should be remembered and honored just as much as those who have died by a bullet or shrapnel or a shell or a bomb. Why? Because even though the dangers in the rear lines may be statistically much less than those on the front lines, death and injury are still a part of the risk that they assumed in carrying out their duties on a regular basis. And they have claimed a multitude of victims of those who have served in those capacities. We don't hear about somebody and say, oh, what happened to them? Oh, their truck overturned. Oh, well, that's not worth, you better believe it's worth uh, honoring because every one of these people are in a place where they've committed their life no matter where they are on the line or where they are in the process. See, a life given in a war or a conflict, uh, how about this one? How about, how about a war that you don't agree with? 
How about a conflict that you don't agree with? You know, maybe you think, and, 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 and again, I, I try to stay away from some of the political, some of the political stuff, uh, but I would say this. Maybe you think we don't need to be the world's police. So, but, but, we, but in many cases, it seems like we try to be. So all of a sudden, we're sending somebody over to some place they ought not to be, or we don't think they ought to be, and they get killed. Well, it does not matter uh, whether we agree with the cause or not of this, our particular involvement. But what matters is somebody who was willing to fight for their country, fight for what was right, and enlist and be a part of that. Each one deserves equal honor. Now, today... As we think about that verse, and I'll tell it to you once again, Jesus said, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. The reason I think it's such a great thing to celebrate Memorial Day and to celebrate the price of freedom and liberty uh, that we enjoy in our country today is because of the author of this freedom. Because we can't talk about liberty. And we can't talk about freedom. We cannot talk about those things without talking about the author of freedom. Our founders understood this when they agreed in the preamble to the Declaration of, the, of Independence. Young people, when you read about how our, you know, you're taught that our founders uh, you know, were either atheists or maybe that they were, all, uh, they were all deists or whatever it is you're taught... Uh, Whatever you do, this is the case with everything. It's, can I say something else about modern education oftentimes? This can, can even come into churches sometimes. You know, it's, we, we need to be, quit being told what we're supposed to think. We're supposed to teach people how to think. How to think on their own. Don't just say, oh, that's what they said. I'm going to go believe it. No, read. Go back and read the documents. And because the ironic thing is, is out of all these people, you'll begin to see that this is not so. When you find the hours that was spent in prayer during, while they were working on uh, the Constitution, especially in the Declaration of Independence, the hours that were spent in prayer. I'm not saying they were all godly men, but I'm telling you what, they understood the importance of God. Benjamin Franklin himself, which perhaps was a deist. But I'm telling you, he said that if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without, without our father knowing about it, what, what makes us think that a, a nation can rise without his aid? I mean, I could preach that. I mean, right? You understand what I'm saying? Uh, you, you go read some of the things that Thomas Jefferson said. Uh, and I'm talking about some of the ones that may have indeed been deists. But if they were deists by the definition, I feel like they were pretty bad deists. Because a, a deist is somebody who feels like, you know, that... that, that Time is, the time of the universe, the time of our lives is that there's a creator out there that wound it up like a clock and just let it run and stepped away and just lets it go. That's what a deist is. Uh, but I'm telling you, these folks to be, if they were deists, which some of them actually claim to be, they consistently said, we need the God and the creator to be involved in this process. They understood this when they agreed in the, that the preamble of the Declaration of Independence would be, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal in the sight of God. And that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But they understood that these truths were from the creator. The creator that, that, that endowed us with these rights. See, mankind, not only do we think back all the way back in the revolution uh, where our country was at. And I wish you could see the very first flag uh, that was ever fought was a naval flag. Uh, and I believe it was commissioned by George Washington. And it's a tree. Some of you may have seen it. And, it, and, and what it simply says is an appeal to heaven. An appeal to heaven. And there's a history behind why there's a tree on there and everything. But it goes back to, 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 to England trying to just take what they could and not let us have what we could have over here in this what was not yet a country. But then, of course, you know the, the Don't Tread on Me, which has gained a lot of more popularity. That was another one that we fought on on land. But the fact of the matter is, folks, is that this is by God. But... The reason this all matters and the reason we believe in freedom, the reason we're inspired by freedom and liberty is because 
The Bible teaches us that all of mankind was under the tyranny of Satan. All of mankind was under the tyranny of Satan. All of mankind was in the shackles of sin. That's where mankind laid. No freedom, no liberty. All of mankind was on a death march down the, the wide path that leads to destruction. That's where mankind was because of sin. The Bible says all have sinned and come short, short of the glory of God. So every one of us, the Bible says, we were conceived in sin. In other words, we were born into this world with a sin nature. And right away, that puts us under the dominion of Satan, under the dominion of sin, and on our way to a literal place called hell, and under the bondage of death. And that's exactly where mankind was. But I'm glad, folks, that that's not the end of the story because uh, the, the Bible says here's where we were. We were hopeless. It says we were dead in trespasses and sins. Matthew 4.16 said, The people which sat in darkness saw great light. And to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. So here's mankind lost in darkness, without God, without hope, having an evil tyrant that we, from whom we could not escape. Oh, don't believe the lies of sin. How many of you know that sin is bondage? For young people, you are fed on a regular basis that sin is freedom. Sin is freedom. You're told on a regular basis that, 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 that what freedom really is is going out and just, uh, just running around like an alley cat. Laying around and sleeping around with whoever you can. Man, that's freedom. But you find those who have done that and you'll find out they're in a personal prison of their own. And I got good news for you. If you're in that personal prison today, Jesus can set you free. Jesus can let your bond. I mean, see, 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 they'll teach you. Oh, man, freedom, liberty. That's what we want. I want to go do drugs, and I want to drink, and I want to party, man. That's freedom. That's liberty. That's a lie is what that is. Hell, because let me tell you, what's there is chains. What's there is bondage. What's there is death. Oh, folks, the, the, the people that I've seen die prematurely. The people that I've seen that are in their 30s and 40s laying on their deathbed. I mean, I'm talking about with, 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 the, with almost a bright orange skin and bright orange and yellow eyes. Why? Because they believe in the liberty of drinking, man. Drinking all I want, drinking it up, getting drunk, partying. But then they get addicted. And they drink and they drink until they poison themselves and they poison their liver. And there they are in their 30s or in their 40s on their deathbeds with a promise of liberty. Don't you believe it? Don't believe it. Sin is bondage. But the good news is there's a Savior in heaven. Amen. Jesus said this. Listen, Jesus suited up and come on a mission. You've seen some of the scenes and you can imagine, Dan, those guys getting suited up, getting ready to go into battle. The, the somberness of that moment, the quietness of that moment, that they're getting ready to go engage the enemy, getting suited up. Well, Jesus put on a humble robe of flesh, but He's suited up to go engage the enemy. And the Bible says this, that the, the Son of Man, Jesus said, is come to seek and to save that which was lost. When God looked down at a lost world in sin and bondage under Satan's tyranny on that death march to the lake of fire. Oh, God looked down and said, we got to save them. we got to rescue them. And the Bible says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Folks, Jesus went into hostile territory. He went into hostile territory. The Bible says he was despised and rejected of men. Oh, my friend, he went into his own, the Bible says, and his own received him not. I mean, the, 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 I mean you think about it, from the very beginning, they began to fight against him. He's despised and rejected. And folks, there's many today that can understand that. 
There's many that fight in the Middle East that can understand what it is to try to be in a place where you're trying to help liberate people. You're trying to free people. But they're convinced that their bondage is sin. Or that their bondage is freedom. And so, so they, 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 they resent the American soldier. They resent our boys being there. Many of them have been brainwashed. I, I was watching about during, during the Battle of Okinawa. I was watching how that, 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 the, that many of the Okinawans have been brainwashed by the Japanese uh, system and propaganda that if the, if, that if Americans, that if, that if the American soldiers get to you, I mean, they're going to, you know, I mean, just do kinds of, all kinds of awful things. I mean, I think it could have been to the extent of eating your kids. They're going to rape all the women. They're going to, they're going to torture you. They convinced uh, the Okinawans of that. So when the, when, when the Americans finally gained the victory uh, there after many, many, many lives being lost, uh, they, they gained the victory. And when they got to where the people were at, people began to jump off of cliffs so that they didn't have to fall into the hands of the Americans because they had been lied to. How many of you know the church is being lied about today? How many of you know the Word of God is being lied about? And all we're trying to do is free people. All we're trying to do is help people. Man, we're trying to fight the battle. We're, we're trying to, uh, to do, take up the, 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 the banner where Jesus left off and as He continues to work through us, but to bring people to Christ. Oh, my friend, listen, but Jesus came into hostile territory. He would not be detoured, however, from His mission. He had an, object, an objective to be accomplished at all cost. I gave you this quote some, some time ago, uh, you know, but I'm telling you, there, there's something this goes throughout the military, uh, but, but how that there was somebody said, and this was a, a quote that came from a guy about to go out into the, the battle with the Coast Guard. They said, man, if you go in there, you're, you're out there, you're not going to make it back. You're not going to survive. But, it, but his quote came back as this. We don't have to come back. But we do have to go. But we do have to go. Amen? And that is the attitude that so many carry. So many have carried on. And that's exactly what's happened. They've gone out and they've not come back. They've not come back because they gave their lives. And I'm telling you today that Jesus Christ would not be detoured. He had an objective to be accomplished at all cost. Herod could not stop Him. The Pharisees could not hinder Him. The strength of Caesar and the power of the Roman army couldn't keep Him from His purpose. He came for the cause of freedom. He paid the ultimate price for the ultimate purpose. Again, greater love hath no man than this. That a man laid down his life for his friends. He gave his life on the cross and was buried. Pilate sealed the tomb. His tomb was guarded by soldiers. All of hell, no doubt, thought they had won for three whole days. <laughs> Until something began to happen. And, and, and all of a sudden, Jesus' lifeless body laying in there in that tomb, all of a sudden, burst forth with life. And up from the grave, He arose with a mighty triumph o'er His foes. He arose a victor o'er the dark domain. Amen. That's exactly what He did. Now He lives forever with the saints to reign. But nothing could keep Him from His purpose. Folks, He got up. See, I, I love this. God knew all along. God had a plan all along. I admire those who have, you know, those, those generals that have, have drawn up plans of action and, and battle strategy. And, you know, Pat was supposed to be nearly a genius on, on battlefield strategy and so forth. Uh, I, I admire that. But sometimes even those go wrong. But I'm telling you, God had a plan. And from the very beginning, the moment that mankind fell into sin, folks, God had a plan. And the Bible says in Genesis 3.15, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. See, Jesus got his heel bruised on the cross. In other words, Satan got in a shot. But the Bible says you're going to bruise his heel, 
but he's going to bruise your head. In other words, Jesus came and busted Satan in the head. Jesus came and cracked his skull, rendering him powerless. Don't let him lie to you and and let, let him think he's got some kind of power over your life. If you're a Christian today, the only power he has over your life is that which you give him today. Why? Because his head's been busted, amen? He's been throat punched. He's been body slammed. He's been suplexed. He's been hurt. He's been broken. And he's not dead yet, but he's on his way. Oh, my friend, just as David one day went down into the valley to fight that giant. Uh, Listen, the seed of David went down into the valley of the shadow of death to stand up against the giant of Satan, uh, the giant of death, the giant of hell, and the giant of of the grave. And I want to tell you, hallelujah, Jesus came out on the other side victorious. And that's why you and I are here today. The Bible says this in 1 John 3 verse 8, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that He might destroy the works of the devil. Oh my friend, listen. The Bible says in John 8 36, If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. (laughs) Boy, I'm glad I've been set free. I'm glad I live in a free country today. I am. I'm glad I live in this country. You said, oh, preacher, don't you know this? I do know that, but I know I'm standing here today and preach the Word of God. And I know that I can live and I can raise my family. And you say, preacher, there might be hard times coming. That's all right. My God's able. My God foresees it. And by the way, isn't it something how that God attacked Egypt? The way God attacked Egypt, by the way, or, or dealt with Egypt, is He attacked all, He brought all their gods down. And I'm telling you, we might see some of those gods fall in America. Might include money. Might include possessions. And that makes some of God's people nervous because that's your God too. But see, that's not my God. My God sits on the throne in heaven, hallelujah. My God is exalted. My God is not surprised. My God is sovereign. My God has got a plan. And I'm not saying times might not get rough, but I'm telling you, thank God that I still live in a country, amen, of of America. I'm glad for this place. Why? Because somebody gave their life. Somebody shed their blood. Somebody sacrificed. And I'm telling you, the reason today that I am free in the Lord Jesus Christ is because He gave His life for me. And He gave His life for you. And I'm telling you, we need to just be, uh, you know, like Martin Luther King said, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I am free at last. I'm glad I'm not in the bondage of sin. I'm glad I'm not in the bondage, a literal bondage or spiritual bondage. I've been set free today. So our brothers and sisters all across the globe can rejoice in what we're rejoicing in this morning as far as the freedom in Christ. But because of the freedom in Christ, that inspired the founders of this country to put a constitution in place where, believe me, there's people and powers that be that would want nothing more than to burn the constitution and the Bill of Rights. But they hadn't yet, amen? Why? Because there's people still fighting. And there's people still standing. And we need to rejoice in that fact. But no matter what, I will always be free in Him. Revelation 1.18 Jesus said, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. I think he's trying to get us to say amen right there. With I mean, it's okay to say hallelujah. Amen. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. I like what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 54. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through Christ Jesus our Lord. Think about that today. He won the victory and then we get to share in the victory. Anybody scared of bees? There's some people in my house that freak out, man, uh, about a bee. And I was going to ask a question. What if you, Natalie, find out that bee didn't have a stinger? You know, she'd say, don't matter. She'd still be scared. 
But a bee without a stinger is really not all that scary, is it? And that's all death is for the child of God. That's really all any of this stuff is for the child of God. It's, it's something without a stinger. Why? Because my life is in God. Hey, listen, I may be called to pass through the floods. And I may be called, be called to pass through the fire. But I'm telling you what, there's a God that's going to walk through every bit of it with me. And He's going to walk with every bit of it with you through every bit of it as well. And I want you to understand this today. He didn't do this because we were deserving. The Bible says, Romans 5, 8, But God commendeth His love toward us. He proved His love to you, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The Bible says in Ephesians 5, 25, Can I ask you, this is a good question for a Sunday morning crowd. What's your attitude about the church? What's your attitude about the church? I'll tell you Jesus' attitude about the church. Christ loved the church. How can you tell? He gave himself for it. He gave himself for it. Oh, listen, he gave himself for us. We must not forget or take for granted the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. We must not forget or take for granted the sacrifice and service of those who died for our country. It's still worth fighting for. All hope is not gone. Oh, my friend, these men and women are are today still worth honoring. We need to keep on fighting. By the way, we need to keep on serving God. We must not forget our Savior. Folks, souls are still a, a, a cause worth fighting for. The church is still a cause worth fighting for. I, I couldn't help but think about, and this, this man, of course, was given an honorary American citizenship, so I guess I can talk about him on Memorial Day too. But, but I think about Sir Winston Churchill. And I think about whenever Germany had taken over pretty much all of Europe. We talk about the Battle of Midway, how key that was. How key was that moment when just a a couple weeks into office, uh, Hitler gave uh, England an ultimatum and said, you know what, if y'all just surrender, we'll let you continue to run your country. They were lying. I mean, if they talked, they lied. But we'll, we, we're not, we'll, we'll quit the bombing. We won't, we, we'll, we'll do a, a friendly takeover. It won't be a hostile thing. And you'll continue to maintain your government. It'll just be under ours and so forth. Some people believe those lies. Winston Churchill didn't. But Winston Churchill still, still had to struggle. Because I'm telling you, the German army that had just marched across all of Europe is standing at the door of this little island. And so he's got a decision to make. Either he surrenders and says, okay, we'll give in or not. Well, folks, I tell you right now, I, I was telling this to, 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 the, to the family yesterday because I was thinking about Midway and I was thinking about Winston Churchill because I was watching both of these things. But I, but, but I told the kids, I was like, man, if it hadn't been for that, you and I might be speaking uh, German today. We might be speaking Japanese today. I mean, but, but, but Churchill said this. He finally come back out and he, and he made a public address. The, the address went out around the world. He said, we're not going to surrender. He said, we're going to fight. He said, we're going to fight on the seas. And we're going to fight on the shores. And we're going to fight in the harbors. And we're going to fight on the land. And he just was saying, we are going to fight. And he said, you know what? We may lose. Now, we're not going to lose as God's people. But in this country, guess what? We may lose. But may God help us to keep on fighting. And as God's people, may may God help us to keep on fighting. Blood, we have a blood-bought freedom in our country. We have a blood-bought freedom in Christ. And I hope today that you don't take that for granted. And as Danny comes and begins to play on the piano, we all stand. And I dismiss here in just a moment. I just got to ask you this question today. Are you free in Christ? I've been talking about all what Jesus did. He went to the cross. He he shed His blood. He died there that day. He rose again the third day. But listen to me closely. You cannot miss this. The reason He did that is because that was the only way. Jesus shed His blood because the wages, what we've earned from our sin is death separation from God Almighty. The only payment, therefore, is death and separation from God. Jesus endured that on the cross. He paid the penalty for your sin. And in so doing, the Bible says, He purchased the gift of salvation for you. 
Now here's my question. If you do not know what it means to have freedom in Christ, my question is this. Have you personally accepted the gift of salvation? You say, preacher, I'm not sure if I have or not. Well, you know, that's something you can know for sure. I've got some pretty cool gifts in my life, and I think I remember some of the coolest ones. I can't imagine ever forgetting receiving that gift. So if you haven't received the gift today, you say, how do I do that, preacher? The Bible says by faith. It says with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. By faith through grace. With the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Have you from your heart cried out to God and said, Lord Jesus, I want you to forgive me of my sin. Number one, I admit that I am a sinner. But I want you to forgive me of my sin. I want you to come into my heart and life and be my Savior. Have you done that? The Bible says in Romans 10, 13, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Have you called on the Lord? If you haven't, maybe you'd like to do that right now. With every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe you'd like to pray along with me right now. Are you ready? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. I understand that you went to the cross to pay for it. You went to the cross to take my place. And right now, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin. And I invite you into my heart and life to be my Lord and my Savior. Right now, Jesus, I receive your gift of salvation. If you've prayed that prayer today, you don't have to ask for a sign. You don't have to ask for a feeling. But if by faith, because that's faith isn't feelings. Faith is a fact. Faith is acting on something you know. Blood-bought freedom. What a great price Jesus paid. Hey, if you're a child of God, don't believe the lie and go into the bondage of sin. Don't fall into that habit of, well, I don't really have to do that.